Welcome to A Kenyan's Experience, a podcast for Kenyans by Kenyans. In this podcast, we use real, raw, and personal journeys to provide you with the knowledge and the power to demystify, simplify, and make better decisions about your academic and professional future. This podcast is relevant for everyone, anyone, at any point in the academic or career path, from high schoolers to uni students to industry professionals, and even those looking to pivot late in their professional careers. Here to Kenyan's experience, we ask the questions you wish you had asked before you started your journey and normalize making bold decisions for you. So tune in every week for an episode that will leave you inspired, challenged, and laughing as Kenyans tell their stories here on A Kenyan's Experience. In this new season, we're introducing a new feature, voice notes, whereby you as the audience will be able to click on a link that will be in our show notes and let us know what you thought about the episode. Any feedback you may have, you know, as far as content or even like technical stuff, we want to improve. So hit that link, record a voice note, and let us know what you think. Hi. Who am I again? <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of A Kenyan Experience. I remember this time. Uh, I'm Cynthia. I'm one of the one of our co-hosts, and I'm going to introduce my other ones. We've got Gadoni. Say hello. Hey, guys. How are you doing? And then we've got Dennis. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Hey, guys. Yes, and we're usually joined by Eric as well, but he can't be here. Uh, probably asleep right now in probably Canada, asleep, just yeah. getting his day started. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we've got another host-led episode for you guys. Um, so this is something new that's, out, that's coming into season three. Um, I think we're all a little bit more comfortable with getting behind the mic and, mm-hmm. you know, just we're a lot closer as well as friends and just reflecting about our experiences. And so this episode is just about what to look for when you're looking for a university. And this is sort of just to help not just people who are coming from high school into university, but also people who are, you know, going into doing a master's, a PhD, et cetera, parents and friends who are listening in who want to help out, you know, people they care about as well. So, yeah, we're just going to be covering a few points and I think we can get started. Um, Dennis, do you want to kick us off with the first point? I can, I can. Um, I said this in season two. I can't remember which episode, but how I selected my uni was I was really liking the colors. That's what really intrigued me. Because only you remember. Yeah, yeah. I, really I remember. The I remember. Of the university, and that's what hooked me. It's a bad point. And that's this is why point it's point number to. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> yeah, know it's a terrible, it's a terrible point, but. I mean, yeah, the colors did did entice me. Um, purple is my favorite color. Portsmouth is all about purple, so that's what got me into it. Not 100%, but I mean, that's what piqued my interest. But um, one of the things I was looking for, um, which I think is a good starting point, actually, before we delve into the university itself, is what's outside the university, you know? Because mm-hmm. university is... It's probably less than half of the time you'll spend there. I mean, you go there for your studies, granted, but you're living there, you know. <clears throat> you're going to be spending years there, maybe not within the university, but definitely in the environment. So environment was definitely one of them that I was looking for. Um, where is the university located? Um, what kind of people are there? Is the culture good? Um, just around the university, not the university itself. I think that's really important for me. It was for me because I was lucky enough. I had friends there. 
that's one of the first things that I looked for um, in the city, not necessarily in the university. Um, what the culture like is in the town as well. Because um, th- this can affect a lot in your studies, I found. like It's, it's yeah. good to really just look at what's around the university first before really delving into what's in it. Um, I don't know what, what, do you, what do you guys by, think like, about culture? that. Like, what do you mean by um, culture? Yeah, the culture of 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 the city, I'd say. You know, because I say that because in the UK there are different cultures in the UK. You know, um, down mm-hmm. south is different from up north. It's different from the Midlands. Right, okay. So whether you'd adjust in that particular culture that you're in. No, that's no, that's a fair point. I think from someone who went to uni down south and now I'm like <laughs> not really like up north north, but like I'm somewhere between like the north and the midlands. Um, not as midland as like I'd say like Birmingham and stuff, but I'm like slightly north of it, but not as north as Newcastle mm-hmm. and Sheffield. Um, people are a lot nicer. Like it's just it's so different. Like everyone yeah. is so, so nice. Like people just wanna have a conversation. you ask people questions in the street and they'll answer you and it's just really nice. Like people do actually call you sweetheart and love and, you know, and it's, it's a nice feeling. It's not like in a creepy kind of way. It's like down yeah. south, like yeah. no one even looks you in the eye. So. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. they call yeah. me geezer instead <laughs> <Yeah>. of <laughs> not sweetheart. So, completely different, you know. Which is really inappropriate if you're 18. <laughs> it really is. Cool. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's the small things like that, you know. Those are the things that yeah. you'd have to live with for like three years. And if you're comfortable with that, then I mean... Gadon, is that what you one of the things that you look for as well? Yeah, yeah. But first, before before I say that, I just wanted to add to your point of the university website. So recently I was looking mm-hmm. at schools and maybe when we have a part two for me, I'll be able to give you guys the full story. But I was looking at two universities and comparing um courses. And there's one that really stood out to me just because of the website colors. And they're not necessarily Girl. my favorite colors, <laughs> but it was so appealing. And I'm like, I want to know more about what this university does. <laughs> so That's I get so it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was my first point. The other thing was when I was actually looking at universities, I had considered, I had two options in Manchester and I remember I had a cousin who had been to Manchester and I asked her, what do you think about these two universities? The first one was Chester. She's like, oh, it's in the outskirts of Manchester. And then you have Salford, which is in, it's not necessarily in Manchester, but it's like the greater Manchester area. Mm -hmm. And the other thing she told me is that there were four universities, including mine within that Manchester area. So that meant the town was more student friendly yeah. They had a lot of discounts, a lot of like night out discounts for students and everything. So that culture. And she also said, and something my friend said as well, is people up north are a lot more friendlier than they are down mm-hmm. south. So that is actually what helped me shift from Chester to Southwood. Yeah. 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 It's 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 things like that. That was that was actually my my main point. It's before you really look at the university itself is what mm-hmm. kind of environment are you comfortable living in in the long mm-hmm. run that could yeah. then influence your decision agreed and i yeah. think this can be that point can be stretched further even from university and thinking about so for me that was a point that really applied when i was looking for a place to work in the uk because mm-hmm. similarly when i was coming from university in malaysia going to newcastle i was coming now to working in the uk i'd think about where and obviously that's very much a privilege where i wanted to work in the uk because you have to rank them people who are mm-hmm. thinking of doing like a uk fpo program 
essentially I had to rank like tw- 19 different areas in the UK and I had to apply the sort of like same mentality. So this is like something like a topic that's really recent that I've been using. And I had mm-hmm. to think about it. It's like, I've been to the UK and I know what it's sort of like to live in like a big city, which is another point that I wanted to make. So it's like, what do I want? Do I want like more of a city life or do I want more of like a countryside as well? Or do I yeah. want something that's in the middle? So initially I was like, I've really done a lot of like the city life in London, you know, big city, amazing yeah. time, especially now when you're working. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're someone who's going to like accounting business, something you're going to make a lot of money in. I think a massive city like London, Manchester, Birmingham, those are places where like if it's expensive to live in, it makes sense if you have the money to live there then I was just sort of like initially I was just like oh I really want to live in like the countryside you know I'm from Kiambu I live in Limuru I like sort of like the quiet life and everything so for the Mm -hmm. longest time I thought I wanted to live in like rural UK like I mean like rural UK like not even like like Google Scotland, Google Jew, you know, like where there's like no one. <laughs> but you go on Google Maps and it's just your house and then just acres of land. <laughs> and like the way that you know, by the way, and I think that's something as well, people can use a like Google search and like look at the streets around is very yeah. important yeah. because like, let me not lie to you. If there's no Tesco near you, you live in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because Tesco's are so common. They're literally like your mom and bogus. Like you don't have a Tesco around you. Like where are you going to get food, guys? You know? Like, you literally live so far from everything. So initially, I thought I wanted to live, like, out in the countryside. But then I was like, I think I want a mix of both. I want, like, a city life. And I also want a place where, like, I can just get away from the city. So, like, mm-hmm. a big enough city that's not too small. But also, I can, like, go to other places. For me, that was Sheffield. Because you have the Peak Districts, which is literally, like, 15 minutes from where I live. And at the same time, I'm not too far from, like, Sheffield City Center, another 10 minutes away. So it's, like, thinking right. about sort of, like, not even just, like, the culture and the people, but what sort of like environment and like peace and quiet do you want around yeah. you if that makes sense you yeah. know yeah because if you're like me who's come from Kiambu then all of a sudden you're thrown into London hey <laughs> shocked <laughs> I was so shocked guys I was just like you're hearing sirens in the middle of the night and just like what the hell <laughs> where did I come to live yeah that's so funny because for me it was the opposite. Living in Kikuyu, I was like, look, I ain't trying to go to another Kikuyu in the UK. So that's no, what I wanted. Yeah, no. Even like closer to the city. And I was lucky with the uni I found. It wasn't like in the city center. Like I would assume, you know, London unis or accommodations are. But it was close enough where you could have that distance as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah. True. So, you, so you guys went to, um, just thinking, okay, Manchester and London, of course, there are many people there, many diverse cultures. Mm-hmm. Same as Portsmouth to, to, to some extent, but I know there are some listeners who are going to those areas where they're a lot more smaller and, you know, the, the culture is very one-dimensional. So what would you, you guys like say? Yeah, well, I didn't want to put it like that. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's, literally, that's literally the point I was going to make. But, but now that you bring it up. Yeah, did you guys ever feel like going as minorities going into a place where like there were no black people at all? Had that ever come across your minds? Because I know it's coming across some of uh, our listeners who are going yeah. to those those areas where they're just not a lot of black people, so or people in their culture. You know, it's it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually didn't yeah. think about it. Mm. Yeah, I think maybe in my head I just assume because mm. i'm going to the uk most people would be white so i didn't really mm. think about it yeah as much but when i got there i was lucky you know i saw a lot of black people but in my first year i i was actually the only black person in my apartment and we were 11 of us and mm. so it was a bit tricky you know 
to to get on with everybody but the fact that there were people from different countries within Africa um the Caribbean or just people who looked like me around that I could get on with yeah um I think made it a little bit easier um for me to settle in but it's definitely something I hadn't thought about before hmm. yeah. yeah I would say I would say the same actually like thinking back like eight years ago Mm. That's a long time. And I was like, I don't think that was something that was really concerning me. Yeah. And yeah. and it's but but I, I would say I didn't think about it much, but I think once I was in London, it mm-hmm. crossed my mind a lot more as to how not just about the color of my skin, but like I think it was more of like I assume like London is so multicultural, I wouldn't really have that problem. Mm-hmm. And I think also going to Hillcrest where already right. yeah. just because yeah. you're you're in Nairobi doesn't mean that it's just full of black people. You know what yeah. I mean? Like mm-hmm. we had a fair share of like, it was very multicultural Hillcrest yeah. and so was Braben. And I think a lot of just international schools these days, you, you're not just, yeah. it's not just white people, so not Indian. It's not, just, you know what I mean? Like there mm. are very few, even just Indian schools, like you will have black people there as well. So I think coming from that, but I would say once I was in London, I was in my year, I think mm-hmm. I felt more isolated because I realized that, and I think this is something that, maybe we should talk about a bit is the fact that just because there are other black people in your class doesn't mean they're I don't want, it's not weird to say but they're not the same kind of black as you That's yeah very true. you know what I mean like your experiences mm-hmm. are still gonna be so different so I yeah. remember this having this Absolutely. conversation with this girl um from Nigeria and guys I know just just kill me now she was like <laughs> oh you know I was like oh where are you from so she she, she introduced herself and obviously she had a very Nigerian name Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, where are you from? She's like, oh, I'm from, you know, the UK. I'm from like London. You know, we, we moved here a few years ago. I was like, oh, right. Where are you really from? <laughs> we don't say that these days, guys. Yeah. <laughs> don't ever ask someone that question, I regardless that question of where they're so from. so many times. <laughs> so many times. With no shame. <laughs> no shame. <laughs> like, I get, like, I, I, I think once I get to know someone, I can sort of just ask that ask question. That, yeah. But Mm -hmm. then like initially, I think especially here in the UK where people like you can't just meet someone and just assume that they're not from the UK because they have a different name or because I think like British, like it's very much in terms of like the same as being American. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, because you're white, you're from America Mm. or you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's but then when you come to the UK, you sort of don't think the same thing or rather I didn't. And so going back to my point, I didn't. So there weren't that many Africans who are like mm-hmm. actually like just came in and just fresh off the boat but, you know yeah. God. <laughs> fresh of the plane <laughs> fresh of the plane guys <laughs> but there weren't that many I think I was maybe just one of like very few because even all the other East Africans I met they were born and raised here and everything so like mm-hmm. yes they were Kenyan but then they were just born and raised in the UK or like they came really young so it's like right. I can't really you know and the thing is like as a fresh 18 year old you know fresh from home and everything mm-hmm. it was really hard for them to me to connect with people when most of my connections are based off like oh we're here in Kenya together mm-hmm. and I right. hadn't really connected with people based on other things mm-hmm. and so actually by the end I don't think I actually made, I don't, I think I made maybe one friend who actually wasn't from Kenya, but all the other friends that I made eventually were mm-hmm. just other Kenyans and they were just other Indian Kenyans who's the, most of them were from India or like Indian Kenyans. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that's something more to consider of. It's not just looking for black people. I think if you were not think about it even deeper, it's like, are there more East Africans? Are there more Kenyans yeah. going there? Um, as well and so like that's why sometimes it's useful to maybe if they're like I'm pretty sure there must be like Facebook groups or something like that now where like 
mm-hmm. you know, Kenyans going to the UK or like universities, maybe University of Newcastle, you, a Kenyan group or something like mm-hmm. that. Or if there isn't, yeah. take the initiative and make one for Creation. your own. If you're yeah. going to mm-hmm. UNICEF, yeah. ask them if they have one and stuff like that where you can connect with other people. Because I think especially if you've never lived abroad and you connecting with other people based off of your um, country is very important to you, then I think you should think about that um yeah. as well because i think it's not just about race i think sometimes yeah. it can be so yeah. easy to think that yeah yeah and it makes settling down easier mm. yeah. like i remember when i was in my i think my final year there was this girl who was coming to do her masters and she was like i need you guys now the uni to put me in touch with a kenyan girl who can help me go to Primark and buy a coat <laughs> because you guys wow. are telling me things and you could be telling me the truth, but I don't trust you. Yeah. And I remember at that time I had sort of been working with the uni cause I did my placement in Kenya. So I would go for career fairs and stand like behind the desk. And so they're able to reach out to me and be like, there's this Kenyan girl who's coming and she wants to like connect with another Kenyan. Would you be able to help her out? And I was like, sure. And I was like, when I was going to uni, I didn't even think about that. Mm. I was just like me and myself. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I completely get that. Having somebody you can relate with definitely helps settling down a lot easier. For sure. Yeah, and I sure. and I think even just going to that point about the coat, like as someone who's already lived in the UK for three full years, the other mm-hmm. it was like less than a month ago, and I went to buy a coat because up north, like yes, people are nicer, but it's also colder. It's cold. Um, it's cold. And so <laughs> when I was going to buy a coat, I literally just asked, had to ask the. Um, this customer service lady, she was also black. And I was like, I just need you to tell me what kind of coat I need to buy. And I just yeah. need you to explain to me, how am I going to layer these clothes? How am I going to keep myself warm? And I know that just sounds so dumb, but like there is a science to dressing for winter. Like you don't Definitely. just, you don't just wear whatever. And if you think that you're really going to suffer and it sounds really simple, but it can really change your life because like seasonal depression is a thing. And yeah. I, it's not just about sunlight. It's about keeping yourself warm and, and I think if you don't have that guidance of someone who can literally break it down and give you a step-by-step, okay, it's around this time of the year, it's time to start buying, you know, and you, you buy things slowly, slowly. So yeah, yeah definitely yeah. having someone to walk you through it is really helpful. Yeah. I still wish I had someone right now. So, but yeah. I'm, also, I'm also open to helping people as I figure it out. So like, if you need some tips, hit me up on, on Instagram yeah. or just message us on Instagram, yeah yeah that was that was my point nice. number one yeah who wants to go next <laughs> uh, yeah i can go next so one of my points was um camp the location of the campus mm-hmm. so you know the universities and i think even in kenya there are universities where the campus is just in one central place and the place and the universities where you can have campuses across town and so you really need to ask yourself Am I the kind of person who just wants to be running up and down town, all over town, moving from one campus to another, or do I want everything in one central location? Yeah. And that was also another thing that made me choose my university because my cousin, and thank God for her, Kui, the one we interviewed last season, she was like, she had to run from like one campus to another for a class and she had like half an hour in between. And I'm like, I ain't trying to do that. I want everything in just one, a small place where I can just walk and, you know, be free, relaxed. Yeah. And so that's how I ended up choosing my university. Everything was just in one, one central place. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Think about the campus location. Are you somebody who wants to move up and down or do you want somebody, 
are you somebody that wants everything in one central place exactly and i think also to add on top because i had the same point as well because i went to a university where it's in a city so like it's Mm -hmm. just spread out like literally like you would have one campus on the north side of the uh, the river thames and then on the other side and so i also i had to do that sometimes i had to mm-hmm. go to a class on a different side and it may sound exciting but it can be a bit disorientating and a yeah. bit intimidating yeah. when you have to get to know things again Mm-hmm. Um, so I think another point of that would be sort of thinking about how big do you want your campus to be? Cause some people right. benefit from like smaller universities where like other people benefit from larger universities. So like when I, my first uni was massive, we were like 400 people. And I've said this story before, but like at my graduation, I was meeting new people. I was like, <laughs> hi. <laughs> and just the other day I met, I actually met one of those girls in my, like we work together Wow. And she's like, you look familiar. I was like, yeah. She's like, did you go to King's? I was like, yeah, I went to King's. And it was just like, I was like, this is still happening eight years later, guys. <laughs> Whereas like, if you want to go to a small uni, so I went to a small uni in Johor and mm-hmm. we were a class of like 150 maximum and I was still meeting new people yeah. still. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's just something that's, it's like campus versus city, but also it's mm. like, how large do you want it to be right. as well? Because some people benefit. So I definitely benefited from a small uni because I liked like sort of like my teachers knowing my name and us forming mm-hmm. a relationship because that's how you network. That's how you grow as an individual. Some people need that one-to-one and that's me. Whereas other people are just sort of like, they're very, not that I'm not independent, but they're very, very independent. Like they can sort of just do things on their own or they're very much able to sort of like find the information they need whereas I'm, I'm sort of just like I need you to sort of like guide me a bit more like it's right. I just I sort of like try to limit how much work I have to do in order to be good at something if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. yeah yeah and it's 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 comforting for me because I was um in the same way my different uni classes were in different uh, buildings spread out throughout the city so in my first year I remember it was nice seeing other students getting lost and not knowing where to go for their next class that's in 10 minutes. Um, so there's that thing <laughs> of no matter what situation you're in, in, in terms of whether it's the uni in like one building, as you say, Gadoni, or spread out, there mm-hmm. are others going through the same thing that you are, despite yeah, despite the decision. Yeah. So knowing that you're not alone with whatever you've chosen is, is, is definitely something I'd keep in mind when choosing a university. True. Yeah. That's really mm-hmm. true. I was wondering for you guys, did you both go to unis that were very student heavy in the sense of like, because I think then you've already mentioned this, it was more, it was mainly like a student, (laughs) it was mainly like a student city. So I know like, for example, my younger brother, Gene, he went to University of Swansea and like once the students left, like the, like the city was just dead, you know, Mm, or did did you guys sort of like go to like, like universities where like it was a mix of like professionals and students? Postmouth was definitely student heavy. Um, you, you could feel it when Christmas time, you know, um, Easter, when the students go back home, then it's just not the same. It's it's just the yeah. locals. The locals are different people. They're not students. Mm-hmm. Some of them are, but it's just a completely different vibe. And sometimes that can affect, affect your mental. I was going to say, yeah, because like, yeah. if you don't get to go home for Christmas, yeah, like for that. example, I only went home once yeah. a year. And thankfully for me, like, I, and I still felt it during yeah. Christmas because my friends obviously went home every single holiday they could go mm-hmm. home for. Yeah. And so I can only imagine what that, like that added on layer of like, now it's a really empty city. What mm-hmm. that's like, like, how did you guys manage? Definitely. The thing that was tough now, because 
the people that were there during now like Christmas and New Year's, they were coming back home. Like Portsmouth was their home. They were coming mm. from other cities. Mm. So, you know, to them, they were like, oh, yeah, I'm just back home visiting family. So that really hurt me. I'm like, right. oh, man, I can't mm. do that, you know. But now I'm just facing a yeah. whole different vibe of people, just a whole different culture, which I'm not prepared for because in my mind, I just want to I just want to go home and be with my family. You know? Yeah. 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 So at that moment, I mean, and you just cling to what you have <laughs> and the loved ones that yeah. are around. I mean, that, yeah. that's what yeah. helps. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure it doesn't help that it's winter time, so it's exactly. really cold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, the UK really slows down as well during the mm-hmm. the, the holidays. Like, things close it so does, much yeah. earlier. So, like, if you don't, this is probably gonna be talked about in a different episode. But if you don't prepare yourself properly for that Christmas time, you can really struggle for like food and like things to do because things get mm-hmm. more expensive, but also they close earlier. Yeah. And it also gets dark really early. So yeah. you're just in a state of confusion. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. For me, my experience was a bit different. I'm lucky that I was able to come home every Christmas and every summer. So mm-hmm. I didn't really feel it as much. But I remember in my first my first semester, because I went from September to December, when it came around that winter time, I was like, I'm done. I need to go home <laughs> like now. I remember counting the days too and I was going home and I was so glad. So I didn't really stay back during winter. So I didn't really feel um the effects of like everyone leaving. But what I will say with Manchester, because it wasn't just Manchester or Salford. It was like a greater Manchester area. So it was a lot bigger. It was a mix of both students and professionals. So as much as, yes, the city would die down, it wouldn't die down that much. Because also Manchester is a really big city as well. So there's mm-hmm. many people besides students. Yeah. yeah. Do you um, think that but, benefited you, like having professionals in your city? Yeah, I think, I think it was good to have a mix of both. Because mm-hmm. I think for me... I was somebody who, yes, I'll take advantage of the student life and the discounts and the opportunities, but because I was also trying to figure out career, my career and where I wanted to go post-uni, I think it was helpful to have um, different organizations, different companies, just even different people to talk to about what they're doing and all these career opportunities as well. Yeah, so I got to benefit from both. Yeah, and that's a good point. I think in terms when you're thinking about internships and stuff and then like starting to look for a job post that, yeah, yeah. it can be, I think, a lot easier yeah. when you have those industries like literally mm-hmm. next door as opposed yeah. to sort of like them being a bit far away. Um, and which could also probably relate to like if you're going into a specific industry, it probably would help to maybe go to a university that's close to that interest industry if possible mm-hmm. yeah. or like they have like associations and stuff. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be the case mm-hmm. because like yeah. if you want to go into like I don't know, I'm trying to think of a really interesting, in, like a construction industry, probably the city where it's in probably is really dull. But yeah. like, if you know what I mean? Like if you're going into like a tech sort of like thing, like if you think about it, if you want to go into tech, you probably want to go live in like Silicon Valley. So just find a Silicon yeah. Valley right. of yours in the UK. And this isn't necessarily London these days. I think it's moving to like Birmingham, Manchester, yeah. Liverpool. Mm-hmm. So just thinking about things like that as well which may seem a bit far off, but they start to make a bit more sense once you're in the groove of things. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's my turn. It's actually not yeah. a point on my list, but I just came <laughs> out with, as like we were thinking about, as we we're just talking about cities and stuff and going home, is think about how close your city is to the closest international airport. Mm, and I know that sounds really 
that mm-hmm. sounds like what like obviously the trains is buses and stuff but it's just like just i think it's just trying to think about convenience i think we're all about habit making yeah. and stuff like that and yeah. so it's like if you just decrease the amount of like space between you and doing something it makes it a lot easier mm-hmm. especially if you're someone who's going to be going home often mm. it makes sense so like for me i went home like once a year so like but i lived in london so whatever but if you're someone who goes home pretty frequently and maybe you have family who can come visit you frequently as well it probably would be helpful to be able to have maybe like as like you live in a city for example like newcastle manchester london who have international airports so then you can yeah. just land straight into it and stuff like that whereas opposed like now i live in sheffield the closest i have to take like a train or a bus so i had to go from london to sheffield or manchester or birmingham and that can be a lot harder to find flights especially during very yeah for sure um popular times mm-hmm. so like christmas yeah. easter summertime uh stuff like that so and i think especially during this summer holiday like i was meant to land into birmingham from singapore but then mm-hmm. my flights got canceled and i had to cancel my entire flight I had to land oh. in london and then take a 5 hour bus from london to sheffield after traveling for 30 hours Wait. so <laughs> obviously you're not coming <coughs> <Tough>. from that <laughs> yeah and i traveled with covid in the episode but obviously that's not always the case but i think just again thinking about what matters to you as a person if you're going to be going home every mm-hmm. holiday probably to think about things like this that would just make it easier for you because sometimes you can only yeah. the cheapest flight would be the one right after your last class and you don't have to get on a f- on a train to get a flight yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. yeah my sister my sister i don't want to tell her whole story because i have to have her on here as a guest but she went to uni in loughborough and that was very it's a student town so what we're talking about before when everybody, so she was lucky as well, she came home for Christmas and summer, but like COVID, when everybody went back home, it was just her and like the four walls. So, and then also because of living in a a town that didn't have like an airport, she would have to travel from Loughborough to London to be able Mm. to catch a flight to come back home. Yeah. So that's definitely, just adding to your point, definitely think about um, the closest international airport to where you are. Exactly, exactly. And like, even for me, is now I'm com- I'm going home next month, I had to like, move my, I'm missing a whole day at home just because of like, how far the airport is from my house. Mm-hmm. And it wow. doesn't seem like a lot. But if you only have like a two week like Christmas break, a whole day makes mm-hmm. a difference. It does. You know? It does. Yeah. 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 I remember there were times I used to before traveling back home or vice versa, the times I used to calculate how long it would take from Mm-hmm. my room where i am in the uk and my room where i am like at home i literally yeah. do that math yeah <laughs> and it would take me about like just over 24 hours but then now wow. to your point of wow. really understanding um that distance between like airports and train stations it makes a difference if you also mm-hmm. consider mm-hmm. the financial aspect to it as well because those exactly. things yeah take money <laughs> you know exactly like yeah. and it adds up adds, and it mm-hmm. adds up exactly mm-hmm. exactly so there's that cost factor yeah. as well that you need to consider when when looking at the closeness to to the airports and train stations and such exactly exactly and i think like here in the uk trains do get cancelled quite a lot <laughs> yeah, either it's do. too cold or it's too hot yeah so yeah yeah the struggle so I'll add um, another point if we if we look at um, sort of like a core point, if you look at now mm-hmm. the universities and delve into those exactly, like what's in them, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking facilities is is one definitely that that people should look out for when selecting a university. Yeah. And that goes depending on, of course, what you're studying, um, what right. interests you, what industry you're in. Um, the library was a big one for me. I had to mm-hmm. look at if the library was very resourceful, especially in my industry, mm-hmm. um, whether it had enough content um, and books that would help me in, in both in tech and in gaming as well. And then also right. the facilities in the university, you know, do they have all of the facilities that I need? Do they have gaming consoles? Do they have um, the coding equipment? You know, do they have the physical equipment? That really played a big role. Um, for me so now for people I can imagine who are doing like the arts who are doing like photography mm-hmm. is the equipment there um, can they do a lot with what the university is offering them if not would they have to buy those things away from the university mm-hmm. um, that's definitely something and a big one to consider um, before applying that's true actually I never thought about it. how did you like what, how did you find that information, especially about the library? Because I'm just wondering, is that something that was just on the website or did you have to speak to someone who went to Portsmouth? Yeah, yeah. So it was on the website. And now that's okay. actually what influenced my decision because a lot of uni websites, the good ones, really talk about their library. They really beef mm. up their library and say, oh, we have our libraries like this. We have sections for this, 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 this. Um, this is the library hours open from this time um, during um studying season during off season the library is open from this time to this time this is how you get books this is how you return books all of that information really played a big part for me because it just made things easier because mm-hmm. i knew i was going to spend a lot of time in the library so you need to know like whether it's going to be useful for you or not in the long run yeah yeah damn dude you're a real nerd man yo, yeah, <laughs> yo. in this industry you have to be because you know <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. just so I was like King's College London today. I was Dang like, what did you get to know? <laughs> no, but this is no, but that's amazing. Like just listening that's to, you, I was just like, I, yeah. I was like, I wish someone, I wish you and I were like looking into uni because I was asking you like, oh, what are you considering? Yeah, and stuff like that. I literally feel like I barely thought about my university, but yeah, it was my point because I remember my sorry, sorry, Gordon, before you go, it was because during that's my okay. first year, I remember standing in the library and like, yo. This place is huge, man. This is like a house. You know, I'm excited. <laughs> but I didn't know where to get anything. Then compared to my third year, yeah. someone was asking me, like, sorry, do you know where this mm. is? I'm like, ah, bruh, let me show you, man. Let's take a walk. So I was just showing, pinpointing <laughs> yes. everything. So it's good to know that kind of yeah. thing because then you can also help help people also find, That's true. find their stuff. Yeah. 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 I was just going to say, I was like, Cynthia, I didn't really think <laughs> about the facilities or the library. I was just like, I was just told it's, there are many universities, so it's student friendly. And I was just like, okay, let's go. <laughs> but what I will say is when I got there, that's when I noticed the facilities. Like mm-hmm. we had an amazing health center. We had an amazing like uh, theater for those who are doing arts. There was an amazing like engineering room. One of my friends, Elma, was doing um, what was her course again like audio engineering or something. And there was like, she was like, there was a quiet room inside the university. And I was like, I didn't even know these things existed. (laughs) And then while in the four years while I was there, they built this massive center that could accommodate a lot more people with the different courses they were doing. And then the library again was just huge. You had to learn how to like read the codes to find the books and everything. 
So it's, I would say, something I didn't think about, but once I got there and I learned about all these facilities and what everything can do, I really appreciated the fact that they were there. And I was Mm. glad that I chose right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think I wish I had really thought about, like, but I think at the same time, I didn't really put it into consideration because doing my course is very much last minute because as you guys all know, like I was just meant to go into, I just wanted to do medicine. And mm-hmm. so I didn't really think about, I think when I was choosing my university to go into medicine is when I really started really thinking hard about medicine, but I knew this was sort of like, just, you know, just passing through this is just from one thing to the next. Yeah. Um, but I will say once I got to my uni, I was just sort of like, I wish I had actually ranked higher the other universities that are ranked a little bit lower because right. even though, King's, and this is probably just going to add on, I'll just go straight into my next point, but even though King's College Mm -hmm. is one of like the top, you know, universities in the UK, and when people hear you went to King's, there is a sort of like respect that comes into their eyes for you. It's sort of like, you say I went to Oxford, I went to Cambridge, obviously not as high, but there's a respect that comes with it. But then at the same time, as you going into that university, as you going there every single day, when I left and I was showing my, when my parents came for my graduation, and I was showing them around. I was like, this is actually just a really, excuse my language, shitty building. Like, there isn't much, there isn't much to it. Like, 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 King's College is mainly known for law and the arts and, you know, international mm-hmm. relations and the humanities and, you know, social sciences. It's not really known for medicine and, um, you know, biomedical science. Like, they do have laboratories, but I wouldn't say they're sort of, like, first in the field for that. You know, they don't have yeah. the mm-hmm. facilities that you guys are talking about, like, my friend, my friend Joanna, she loved going to one of our libraries. And I remember going to the library with her and, stud- and studying with her. And the thing is, like, she did, like, um, international relations. So that's something you have to do a lot of research, you have to mm-hmm. study and stuff like that. So she loved the library just like you, Dennis. Whereas, like, yeah. for me, I would just go there and I'm like, I sort of just need to be on my laptop. And I don't really yeah. care what I need to be on my laptop on. So I'll just be studying at home. And so mm-hmm. I feel like I went to a really good university, but it wasn't a university that fit me and what I needed. So I probably would have done a lot better going to a university that was really focused on biomedical science. And and I think King's in some respect does, but it's not really what it's known for. It doesn't really Mm -hmm. have the facilities because it has multiple campuses for specific things, maybe more for medicine, but I just felt for biomed, it was just average. You know, given how much I was paying, given how much just my whole life was costing my family to be there. And Mm -hmm. I got the props of saying I went to this university. But I think if you want your name to get you into the door in terms of like university, then fine. But if you really think about the experiences in your journey, I think just do a little bit more science. Um, And it's very important when you go to UNICEF to really ask these questions and see if you can meet someone who goes to university to give you some help as well because i know people who went to king's and studied law and things that required you to network having that name attached to your cv really helps you get through the door but in terms of like doing biomedical science in a field that it's not really as well known for whereas i think like university of newcastle which i eventually went to was lower down my list i wish that i had ranked that a little bit higher if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. 
yeah that's a good point that's also it was on my list as well but it's one of the reasons i ended up choosing my course at my uni mm, salford wasn't yeah salford wasn't ranked as high as the other universities that i was comparing yeah. or i was looking at but the course itself was ranked number one out yeah. of all the others or yeah. rather ranked higher than all the others i was looking at mm. and so that's what you know gave me that extra push and then the other thing that i liked about it is there was an opportunity for work placement between second mm. and final year, yeah. and that was being offered for free. Whereas other universities where the cost was ranked lower, they were charging yeah. for that. So I think uh, that's something else I did to really consider the the ranking of the course mm. over the ranking of the whole university, because that's what was going to impact me. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, I think it's... just adding... Sorry, sorry, Dennis. Yeah, and I was just going to agree. Yeah. It's definitely worth looking at the the, the ratings of the universities yeah. just to see where they are. It gives you a good idea of what that university um, entails. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think another aspect of looking at rankings would be, because I think I focused on rankings a lot, but not for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just because I didn't want to do the homework. I didn't want to do the hard work. Um Whereas I think a, a, a ranking that I should have paid more attention to was more sort of like student satisfaction rates. So, right. and people do fill out these like surveys at the end yeah. of like mm-hmm. the third year or something like that, where they have to give feedback and like you're at the end of the third year, so you have mm. a lot more to give. So, and I think that's yeah. something you can look at. Um, and I think University of Newcastle was one of the highest rated universities or highest ranked universities in terms of like student satisfaction. I think it's just because it has that, it is a sort of like a, university that is within a city but again newcastle is very much like a student city mm. and it still has a, a good mix of professionals but i think it's one of the universities that really puts a lot of like time and energy um and finance behind their students and so it was something that i think would i would have been a lot happier there but obviously hindsight is 2020 but i think yeah. i would have been potentially happier there had i chosen to go to university where really focuses on its students a lot more so i think that's another ranking you could consider looking into so not just the overall ranking but sort of like the course and also student satisfaction as well and even probably another would be sort of like the percentage of students who get jobs immediately Mm post-university is -hmm. another one yeah yeah just going back to that student ranking that was actually another one of leading into another one of my points was uh testimonials Mm -hmm. of of the university Mm. just seeing what seeing what people say about the university um from each year from each year especially you know what first years are saying about it what second years mm, are saying about it right. what third years that mm-hmm. way if you're smart you can sort of notice a trend and the behavior mm-hmm. of what you'd potentially be like after your first year after your second year and then if you like that trend maybe that can influence your your decision for that university because then you'll see oh, okay first year these people seem pretty happy okay second year mm-hmm. this home is depressed okay so it gets difficult you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, yeah. this, that thing and That's then true. you know, yeah then yeah. the third years are like yeah. oh it was difficult but i made it through because i did xyz right. so you know that that exactly. can make someone feel comfortable at the end of it so testimonials That's for sure true. not that i looked at any to be honest but <laughs> yeah, <I know>. yeah. <laughs> but something definitely to, to keep an eye out for so true. yeah I think and also I just sorry, I was just gonna say something else related to this point, which was one of my points, is what your 
your course, the course that you want to do offers as well in terms of like the actual modules? Definitely. Is it something that's going to benefit you in the long run? Like, are you getting that intro into the topic and then you're sort of in your second year and third year going deeper into specialized topics or Mm -hmm. whatever? So that's something else to really think about. And I remember when I was, when I told my parents, oh, I'm going to do events management. And my dad especially was like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) you want to go get a degree so that you can plan events for people and plan parties i was like yeah it's really booming and he just wasn't understanding so i remember when i saw salford and was now becoming one of my top my first year was basic business modules so i did hr i did marketing i did accounting i did i even did some law modules and so when i showed that i would get the business foundation and then go specifically to events in second year and third year they're a bit more comfortable with that as well so yeah as you're looking for if as you're looking for unis and the rankings and everything just also look at the what the course itself is offering in terms of learning that's really true um i think for for me like that's the one thing i really liked about kings was the fact that my even though i was just doing biomedical science to sort of like pass through and get into medicine eventually I really like the fact that like there were no I could do whatever I wanted so first year was the same for everyone on very similar science degrees where there was neuroscience Uh biomedical biochemistry even nutrition and I think some other ones as well we all sat the exact same modules so the first year models were compulsory and then once you got into second year everyone started to go into different ways but the beautiful thing about it was the fact that actually I could switch my degree after my first year. I could decide mm-hmm. if I wanted to go into neuroscience, or I wanted to go into biochem, or if I wanted to stick on biomedical science, which is basically just picking different modules. And even though I had yeah. so much freedom, so the freedom at some point was a bit too much because I didn't really have the right guidance. Yeah. But then yeah. I was able to do psychology, I was able to do philosophy. That philosophy yeah. class, people are like, why are you there? <laughs> philosophy. <laughs> I did neuroscience, I studied cancer, I did, you know, so many different things that I think have really helped shape me and I can use it on my CV to just be like, listen, I've studied all of these things. I'm someone who who can be, you know, I can apply so many different things. I'm someone who can adjust to different things and stuff. So yeah, I think thinking about how your degree is built and I think also trying to relate that to the market at the moment. So Mm. I don't think you can... I don't think you're very employable if you haven't done some form of business or finance or even... Even I think at some point it's going to be psychology because you need to understand people in order to work with people. Yeah. Yeah. You need to understand finance and business in order to make it in a very capitalist world. Mm-hmm. So I think just thinking about that, not just what aren't, because I think even Dennis, you talked about like there were some, I think you had very similar modules where it wasn't just software engineering. It was like, you know, you had other things going yeah. on as well that, made, yeah. that makes you look so nice when employers are looking at your CV, you know, definitely, you look very yeah. employable. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say shout out Vaidehi because she was saying the same point on on her episode. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah she said the exact same thing. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was gonna say something else and I forgot. But um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. It was fine. No, but uh, I just move on to my third point. It probably come back to me. Um. Yeah. But I think something else is probably thinking about what matters to you and your family because mm. i think you could uh-huh. it's very it's very it's very exciting to be like oh i'm gonna go to uni and i'm gonna recreate myself and whatnot yeah but i think it's important to think about what matters to you so like right now um i live in sheffield it's a very much a student city university of sheffield they have two universities here university of sheffield and sheffield hallam university and so i actually go to a church that's 
specifically built for students. And I, and I, every time I go to the church and I'm just like, I wish I was um, exposed to sort of like a church like this growing, not like as a young adult, because I I wish that it would have made it so much easier for me to settle into my community, to make friends Mm -hmm. with people, because sometimes it's just, it's so hard to make friends with people. And I think when going to church is important to you or like connecting people on like a spiritual level, it becomes a lot easier for you to sort of like steady yourself because that's also where you can meet really nice families who will take you in over Christmas or, you know, give you the support and the guidance. And also it's a great place to network with people as well. And so just thinking about like, not just thinking about just recreating yourself when you get to uni, but it's like right now as like um, an an adult to be or as a young adult already, it's like on your day-to-day basis with your family, what are the things that matter to you as like, what are your morals? Mm -hmm. What are your values and stuff like that? And yeah, I think just religion, I think, is something that often gets lost in the conversation. I, I don't want to say religion, but spiritual beliefs and things yeah. that matter yeah. to you, you know, yeah. because those are, those are the things that are going to hold you steady. They're going to keep you through because university is rough. Adulting is rough. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that can really steady you as like a person It's just thinking about things yeah. other than. Um, so I think just adding on to the first point about culture, I think spirituality mm-hmm. is something to consider as well. Definitely, definitely. And to add on to that also, yeah. what the uni, how the uni is on student well-being, whether mm-hmm. they have like, you know, mm-hmm. counseling services, whether they have yeah. um, student groups that can help support, because for sure, you're right, Cynthia, it, it can be rough. And there'll be those days where you'll yeah. just be feeling bottom of the barrel, you know, so what is the uh-huh. uni doing about that? How are they helping? Those are definitely things to research and see beforehand, um, just to know where you can go on your bad days. For sure exactly yeah yeah i actually had a church in my uni and that's where i went in the first year before i found another church through um networking with, with people but i've just having that in an environment and in location that i was familiar with mm-hmm. just made it easier just to even go into church yeah yeah yeah. And I can't even remember how I found out about it, but I think one day I was just so, and it was in the students' union building. But I think one day I was just going for lunch with a friend, and they were handing out flyers, and I was like, "Oh my god, in this building that I come to every week!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was that was good. good. You're reminding me, Gavoni. The first thing my mom said when she came for my graduation was, "I want to meet your pastor. Uh, <laughs> I want to show me where your pastor is." <laughs> Just so that she can gauge whether I've been going to church or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Um, I can give my other point. Something else um, to think about when looking for uni is opportunities for like financial or tuition aid or scholarships. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of universities in the UK, and I don't know if this is true, but from what I felt, they don't offer scholarships. Uh, but my university had a list of like countries that they would give. Um, it, w- it wasn't exactly a scholarship, but like discount each year. So yeah. like for me, from being from Kenya, I had a one thousand pound discount every year on my fees. Mm-hmm. And even as the fees went up, at least I still always got that discount. So there's just look for those opportunities. It may seem small, but it definitely adds up a thousand pounds that you could mm-hmm. save. Could go to your like pocket money. Yeah, that's a exactly. big difference. That's a yes, big difference. Could, your parents could invest and make more money on that money that can give you more pocket money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you just, yeah. 
it it makes us it makes a difference. So just look out for those opportunities. And if you don't see it like from the website, just ask somebody. Exactly. Mm. It doesn't have to ask. Yeah. So yeah. looking for that is also a good thing. For sure. For sure. It's a good thing. Did you guys look for that? Think about that. Was it offered like as you were applying? Um, so I, when I applied to University of Newcastle, I think they offered a mm-hmm. one-off, like £1,500 sort of like, they'll just give the student. Um, mm-hmm. and so, but I think other than that, the other unis I applied to, none of them offered anything like that. Cause I, coming to the UK, it's really hard to get a scholarship. Um, it is, mm-hmm. it is. I saw like the States or, yeah, it's not like the States really. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, but I think, I think it is definitely very useful. I think especially when fees do go up each year and I think not just that but I think also maybe finding a university where the fee stays the same each year is really helpful Mm -hmm. because that's not something I considered because at King's the fees went up every year and it was only when I went to University of Newcastle in Malaysia did I realize it's possible Uh for the school fees to stay the same in the year that you enter regardless of the economical changes and I was just Uh like that's amazing I was like that is so so useful because Every year, you don't want to be hitting up your parents like, yo, man, the school fees has gone up. Because they're not going to send it to your parents. Because yeah. once you once you go to university, it's not like when you're in high school, you have to be the yeah. one to communicate yeah. to your parents. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm, And mm-hmm. I think it's important to talk about sort of like fee structures and stuff like that. So can it be like every three months as opposed to maybe every like just half and half? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think these are things to think. And that's what I'm saying. Think about things that are important to you and your family. Like what's, yeah. you know, sit down and have those tough financial conversations um, that's really, really important. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Dennis, did your fees go up each year? They did, they did. Um, so we only had the discount the first year. I believe first year was, mm-hmm. was discounted. Then second and third, um, they they went up. But there were no discount for yeah. those. So you're right, Cynthia. It's having mm-hmm. those tough conversations then uh, with, with your parents yeah. and letting them know like, okay, so this is going to happen next year and letting them know early enough because you know they're adults as well and they need to plan financially so it's true exactly. yeah so yeah. it's it's good to have those tough conversations just just to make your life easier in the long run and just to be prepared because yeah. you never know what yeah. can happen yeah and i think also like looking at the money thing in terms of like not mm-hmm. just tuition fees but like living costs yeah um, yeah. And it may have sounded like obvious in the beginning, but like if you live in a student city, like it's going to be student rent prices. It's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be like student discounts in supermarkets and shops and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Whereas like obviously like when I lived in London, I really suffered like my social life really, really suffered. Like I didn't have a social life for three years until I moved to Malaysia because it was just way too expensive. And so expensive. me and my dad thought we understood how much it costs to live in London. But then once I landed things were so different on the ground mm-hmm. um, because just things were just incredibly expensive. Like I was spending 90 pounds five years ago on just transport once a month. And that was wow. just going from zone one to zone two mm-hmm. in London, you know? And the thing is like, if I lived further out, obviously I'd have to pay more for the train. So it's not really, I'm saving much money on things. Right. You don't want to live so far from uni again, because you want it to be a bit more convenient. If you want to study, like mm-hmm. when I was in my final year, I would, end up starting my dissertation in the evenings and then working all the way up until seven in the morning, going home, sleeping through the day. So it's, you want, you want to make sure it's safe for you to go home yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, I think in terms of like thinking about, because in terms of accommodation as well, 
um, in terms of bills, especially during the summer. So you want mm. to live in a place, if it's student accommodation, it's usually bills included. So you can hang, you can rank up like the heating and stuff as much as you yeah. want because it's bills yeah. included. Like, obviously, don't be crazy about it, <laughs> but like you, you can be comfortable. And that's what I mean about mm-hmm. sort of like mental well-being is it's not just like... Um, it's a bit more complex, a bit more nuanced. So thinking about, especially during winter time, it's like the right clothing, but also having heating in your house as well. Cause yeah. you just want to be comfortable. Like now I can wear sort of like just a top and it's cold because I can mm-hmm. have heating on cause it's all bills included because I live yeah. in an affordable area. Whereas yeah. if you live more in sort of like a city that's more professional and students are sort of just like an addition. So in the sense, like when students leave for the summer or Christmas break, they don't really feel the pinch. Whereas, like, if yeah. you live in a place where, like, it's just students, they're more inclined to provide you with more affordable housing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Can I tell you something interesting <clears throat> I learned about, <clears throat> about bills included? Mm-hmm. So it was one winter, it was really cold, and I had the heat on, like, all day, every day. And my friend told me, she's like, you know, as much as these bills included, there's a cap, there's like a limit. So yeah. if you exceed that, mm-hmm. you will have to pay the excess. Mm. And then I started getting paranoid. I'm like, so now do I have to put it off? <laughs> yeah. Do I have to freeze for like two hours every day? So even as you have bills included, just find out if there's if there's yeah. a cap yeah. so that you're not caught unawares. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's no, that's very true. But I think yeah. also I think as much as like there is a cap, like don't freeze to death, guys. Like again, also, just, yeah. yeah, just yeah. just yeah, sure. just yeah, just just talk to your parents or just move houses because yeah. I think it's the true. cap yeah, the cap is also up to like the landlords and stuff like that. So yeah. I had this yeah. conversation. I was looking for housing and stuff, and I asked them. I was like, "What's the cap?" Because I know bills included mm-hmm. isn't like crazy, but they were like, "Don't leave it on all day, but like don't freeze either." Mm. You know. Yeah. So and sometimes your parents would be like, "I can pay this extra on top." So like mm-hmm. they might be okay with you having the heating on and then they're, they're okay for it to pay like an extra 50 quid on top. That's fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you definitely it's about need finding to ask. that balance. Yeah, exactly. You definitely yeah. need to ask those questions because they won't tell you because mm-hmm. they just mm-hmm. first of all assume you know or they won't tell you because they'd want you to pay that extra money. You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's how they catch international students. Yeah. 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 So I had, I had an interesting point, which um, is interesting because of the position that we are all in now. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of my points was how good the uni is after you've studied there, in particular, like what's their alumni like, you know? Mm. Did that thought ever mm-hmm. cross, maybe it didn't cross your mind while you were studying or before because you're focusing on your studies, but is that something that you guys ever looked back on like after you you studied studied in the universities were you a big role in like the alumni network or did the uni follow up on like how you were doing or were they supportive or helping you out after your studies my uni had a few services that they offered like they still offered career services which was one of my points we can talk about after mm-hmm. um but that was while I was still in the UK. I felt once I left, yeah. I didn't really get any support or any anything. Yeah. Of course, I was signed up to the alumni network, so I get newsletters every once in a while. But yeah. 
I just didn't really feel. And it was interesting because I didn't think about it until my final year when I was working as a student fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And we would call alumni to ask them to help with donations for different projects that the university was doing. Yeah. And oh, it was so interesting because I worked there for maybe nine months and we never called anyone from kenya i was like we never called anyone from africa (laughs) and i was like so once you leave you just forget about us (laughs) so that's why i i guess i just didn't think too much about it and i didn't think it would benefit me particularly somebody could be going back to africa yeah yeah I would say, yeah, I would say the same thing, Galoni. Like, I didn't really, like, the same. I just get some random newsletters, you know, Mm -hmm. here and there. Mm -hmm. I know, like, with the King's alumni, they have, like, their own sort of, like, portal. So, like, you can apply for, like, mentorship and stuff like that. But similarly, like, because I was all the way in Malaysia, I didn't, and I'm Mm -hmm. so far, like, in terms of, like, time differences, I need to find people in Malaysia. But, like, as I mentioned a few points ago, like, King's College isn't really known for its medicine and its biomed. It's more for like law and business and economics and stuff like that. So like right. trying to find like a mentor who's done and is on the same route as I am was pretty hard. Like mm. if I did, they would have to be pretty fun. There's no point in having a mentor who like lives you know, miles and miles and miles away from you. Mm-hmm. So whereas like now, if I look into it, I know that I would benefit a lot more from my alumni because I'm in the UK. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I wouldn't say that they really it really benefited me. I think it helps if you're going to stay and you exactly. are looking to stick around. Yeah. But if you're not really looking to stay, I wouldn't say it's something that you need to really hold on to. But again, it's yeah. one of those things of like, if you're going to a similar place, like if you're going to Europe or something, or mm-hmm. it would help, mm-hmm. that would help. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I was, I was asking because I was leaning on now, Cynthia, as you say, if you're staying. Because that could mm-hmm. make a huge difference. Because mm-hmm. now um, you're not permitted to be there forever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So is, is the uni going to give you um, like another visa to stay on beyond that? That's something that you'd need to find mm-hmm. out. Um, if you're employed or not, like what are they supporting you looking for jobs after you finished mm-hmm. studying? That's one thing mm-hmm. you need to also consider. Um, and then a huge important one is if you're staying there, is that a place that you want to leverage your network? Like, can you build a mm. network there? Can you build a portfolio there that would help you five, six years after you've left that place? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are not things that you think about while studying, but definitely some things to consider probably in your third year or after you've graduated. Yeah, so you approach the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I will say, like, a friend of mine, he went to University of Newcastle in Malaysia with me, but he did the biomedical mm-hmm. science program, which is one of my one of my best friends is doing. And he, so it's basically two years in the Malaysia campus and one year you do your final year here in Newcastle itself. And so you graduate here. And right. he stayed, actually. Mm-hmm. And so because he stayed at a time when they extended sort of like the visas for international students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he leaned on really heavy on being a Newcastle alumni in order to get him jobs yeah. and get him the support that he needed. Yeah. And so that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Like looking at student satisfaction, student well-being, student support is really yeah. important. Like, And so I know, for example, once I joined University of Newcastle and I was studying medicine, I would get so many emails about careers and talks and stuff like that. And I just don't remember mm-hmm. getting those same emails when I went to King's College. And I think maybe it's because they expected it Maybe back then they didn't have them or maybe they expected you to more network on your own and stuff like that because I know they had a lot of like socials. 
um, but again, that wasn't something that would be would matter when you're doing biomedical science as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe I should have thought of it more. Um, but yeah, like just looking at that aspect as well, like the percentage of students who get to, you know, to be employed straight after university is important. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. How they got there. Yeah. yeah. That was actually, that actually feeds into the other point that I had, employability post-graduation. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in uni, and I didn't, I didn't notice this in my first year, but for my second year, I noticed there were a lot of career fairs. So organizations would come into like one big room and you'd be able to walk around and talk to different employers. And then at the same time, I think that's when they really started to advertise the career services within the student union building. And so I remember going to them um, and getting help like with my CV and like inter- interview prep questions and everything. And they were helpful for, for like a moment because once I got to my third year, and I was trying to get advice on getting a job post-graduation, I felt like they weren't very knowledgeable on international students. Mm. And so the advice they gave me was pretty similar to the advice they gave me when I was looking for a job in the UK while being a student. Mm -hmm. So definitely another thing to look out for is what career services the universities you're looking at have. And Again, going back to the satisfaction rates and the employability rates post-graduation, and especially for international students, because it's a lot more difficult if you're not studying like specialized degrees like uh, engineering or medicine. For like those of us who did business, um, just find, you know, if they have the proper career services to help you out with that. And I'm not saying that you have to find a job in the UK. Like, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But if that's yeah. something you would like to consider, especially now that they're offering, I think it's two years after you graduate, mm-hmm. um, they're offering a visa for two years for you to work. So just make sure that your universities are knowledgeable on that for international students. Is it two years after you graduate? I think it's two years. That's so unfair, I think. I could. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It was the year after you Yeah. <laughs> For me, man, I had six months. <laughs> you yeah. either find a job or yeah. get out and no one was helping you. Exactly, yeah. 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 No, that's yeah. so true. Did did you guys have family nearby? And was that something that you considered? Um, I had an auntie and uncle who lived in... They weren't really far. They lived in Luton and then they moved to Milton Keynes. Mm-hmm. So they were down south from where I was, but they weren't that far. Um that my auntie actually my mom's like childhood friend Mm. so I would go and visit them all the time and you know talk about opportunities and it it was a consideration because you know if you do stay back you're no longer a student so you don't have that community around you so you need to make sure you have at least some people yeah so it would have definitely I would have definitely leaned on them had I gotten that opportunity for sure yeah Yeah. um so I I had Cynthia, you know, my family's huge. So I had cousins all over the... <laughs> you, the both of you. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> or even cousin you as well, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I have like 10,000 cousins. You, you have to double like... check you're not dating your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's crazy. <laughs> it's a real fear. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure we had like a whole city in the UK that was just family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so for me, it was slightly different because um, I'm the youngest out of out of all of them so they had been mm-hmm. already and they had gone 
And when I was at the beginning of my first year, I think the cousin that was there had just left. So I was unfortunate mm-hmm. that I didn't have family. But at the same time, that kind of pushed me to be independent and not always rely yeah. on them. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. definitely, it's mm-hmm. definitely, it's good to have them there for sure. Just so that there's family around. Yeah. But then there's that sense of independence of now you're out on your own, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you need to make yeah. this, make this journey on your own, which helped me in the long run. Um, I, I would have liked to have family there for sure, but it's not a bad thing if you don't. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's yeah. true. That's true. I mean, do you think that if you'd had more family in the UK, Dennis, like if more of your cousins were in the UK, do you think you would have looked at, like not looked a bit harder, but like, would you have been more enticed to stay in the UK to work? I think so. I think so. Mm. Just just based on how they were, um, I think I would mm-hmm. have looked at, stay, at staying there to work for sure. Yeah. And I think they would have pushed me to do to do so as well. Especially in the yeah. industry that I'm in and knowing that at the mm-hmm. time it wasn't mm-hmm. really big in Kenya, they would have definitely mm-hmm. pushed me to stay mm-hmm. and, and do something. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Did you have family? I mean, what me, about you, Cynthia? Yeah, no, I have um an uncle who lives down in Reading, still lives there. Mm. And he's been in the UK for maybe two decades now, something like that. Wow. Um, so he's been here a very, very long time. And um he was actually so I know I'm so I was told that I met him when I was obviously a child, but beyond that, like he he moved to the UK straight out and I'd been living here. So he's been living here since then. And so I'd spoken to him only on the fo- on the phone, you know, just call him Uncle Lem. And it's like, oh my gosh, the uncle uh-huh. is in the UK. Wow. <laughs> hey, <we'll go> <laughs> and so he's actually the one who picks me up from the airport. This was my first time meeting him. We look so alike, by the way. I'll send you guys a photo of this. We look because it was he. We look so much alike that we. So I because I, I landed in the UK and then I was starting uni on that Monday. So I missed Freshers Week, which is a massive regret. And so Me too. yeah, missed Freshers <laughs> Week. Wow. Miss <laughs> 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 Freshers Week. We starting school on the Monday and I I landed on a Friday and that was like the last mm-hmm. day I could register in terms of like in person getting like my cards and stuff library card ID card um and mm-hmm. so I remember going to university and people just like I'm like oh hi I'm Cynthia one of um you know your students and they're like oh is this your dad and we just look up at each other like no <laughs> no <laughs> yeah, he's my uncle and it was just it was nice because like even when I needed support and stuff like that and like he was helpful but the fact that he didn't li- really live in london the last time he lived in london was over a decade ago he wasn't that helpful because he was then just as new as i was but it was just sort of nice to know like especially over christmas easter yeah. when i wouldn't be going home mm-hmm. having someone i could lean on someone i could just call and he would check on me yeah and i got super close to his family and stuff like that it was just really nice to have that support system yeah even though it's not someone you see frequently it's like what you were saying like i wasn't it was sad when my friends would leave for Christmas and Easter and stuff like that, but it wasn't yeah. like devastating because like, hey, Kwanza, let me tell you the times I'd go to his house and his wife has, Ray has made some ugali. Oh my oh. God. <laughs> <gasps> me and Jean. And then Jean would, when Jean came to the UK, that was just a gift from God. Jean yeah. came to the UK and we'd meet at um, my uncle M's house. And then me and him would eat that ugali guy. Oh, <laughs> we were these hungry children. <laughs> right, you eating that ugali if you listen to this. So you're just like, I hey, what are they talking about? Wait till you've gone. 
without Ugali. I'm even salivating right now. <laughs> it's true when you hey, when you're abroad, you really miss those you Kenyan really food. Do. Yeah, you that really chapati or oh, like you know when they would have like Christmas dinners and there'll be other Kenyans around and they're just of course they're drinking and just like this is so <laughs> yeah. you just you feel at home. <laughs> yeah. You know, you yeah. just you feel so loved like. When I would visit him, th- that would be like some of the best sleep that I've had all year, just because I felt so yeah. safe and so loved, you know. And you don't have to pretend to be anyone or anything like that. So, I wouldn't say it was something that mattered to me. It was really nice to know that there was someone, and he talks to my dad really often as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like not just family, but like someone your parents are close to. So, right. yeah, it makes a difference. Hey, that Ugali guys. <laughs> if you can make, make Ugali for yourself. Hey, I need to learn. <laughs> I, I do you know what you guys? In my when I was going for my third year, my mom taught me and my sister how to make ugali, chapati, and mandazi in the same day. Wow! And the day it was the same day I was leaving. So I remember I had gone first. So I went with my ugali flour, my chapati flour, my mandazi flour, and I was like, "Mom has taught me I'm ready." The ugali came out well. Okay. The chapatis were edible, but they're like the size of my palm. Okay. The mandazis, they just flopped. Now my sister went to the same flowers as well. Ugali, she was able. Chapati, eh, she struggled. Mandazi, she was able. So what we would do is, I would make the chapatis and then take to her some. She would make the mandazi and bring to me some. Nice. <laughs> we made it work. <laughs> yeah. What did you guys carry from home? Yeah, I was gonna say I carry no, I carry chapatis from home. Like I managed to smash. Like made bro. chapatis. I like made cooked ones. Proper cooked ones wrapped in foil. So then how? Ha- oh, so then would you freeze them? Obviously, once you landed. Yeah, once once I landed, yeah. then then I'd freeze them. But like packing, I put them under all my clothes, nicely wrapped in foil next in to like in between. <laughs> So, so that when I'll never forget. Then when you reach and you open your bag, it just smells of chapati. It smells you're chapati. Like, mm, yeah. Hey, you, yeah, you make sure you put that alone on. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going to uni, you're just reeking of chapatis. It's like, chapati. Yeah, Kenyans are like, yeah, I know where that guy's from. <laughs> <laughs> what about like teas or coffee? May I always went with tea and coffee. Yeah, always. Same. Yeah. yeah. Teas and coffee and tea masala. Hey, I can't wait to mm-hmm. come home and just bring so much tea masala. People think I'm starting a business at Custom. Like, <laughs> find my Amazon shop. <laughs> and a Kenyan flag. I'd always go with a Kenyan flag. I have a Kenyan so. flag here with me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I feel like every every Kenyan that traveled abroad has that Kenyan flag or the Kenyan bracelet as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the yeah. Kenyan bracelet. I remember when I went to New York, I didn't have mine because when I was living in the UK, I gave it to one of my friends and yeah. then I was going home so I was like, I don't need one. Then when I went to New York, one of my friends, she was from Morocco, she's like, with your Kenyan bracelet? I'm like, oh, I don't have one. She's like, that's how you Kenyans identify each other. You need to get one. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, mom, look, the next time it's coming to New York, please send this. <laughs> I've actually never yeah. owned a Kenyan bra- bracelet. Oh no! I didn't mean get one no. I yeah. was just like, no, I was just like, what too many? Sometimes I just want to hide myself, you guys, <laughs> because this is how you get picked up by guys. <laughs> You're like, With that bracelet. Yeah. <laughs> With that bracelet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, those are those are things you have to have. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But yeah, I think we've talked about a lot. I don't know if you guys have we any have. points. 
I have one last one, but it's very short, um, okay. which is okay. sort of okay. kind of one maybe that sort of summarizes everything. Um, mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. research. Just do the research. <laughs> All of these things. Just do mm-hmm. as much research as you can. Um, Absolutely. All of this stuff is online. Ask questions. That would really help. YouTube videos, even just yeah. about the areas, exactly. about the uni. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I use this, like I used Facebook groups when I was coming to Sheffield um, to ask mm-hmm. people questions. Um, you can you can probably find WhatsApp group chats for like your yeah. group who's coming to the UK and stuff like that. Because yeah. even, and I think like, also make use of the fact that other people may be from the UK, but they're not from that specific city. So mm-hmm. like you're all new, like Dennis was saying. So mm-hmm. just don't be so focused on, oh, I'm Kenyan, therefore I'm different. It's more of just like yeah. we're all new here to learn open mind, open heart. Um, yeah. Yeah. And ask questions. Yeah. And also... It's um, worth... I had one more point. Yeah, just just add on to that. It's worth noting that our perspectives have been, have been UK-based. It's a shame that Eric is not mm. here because then may have been a lot mm-hmm. of points, you know... Um, from Canada as well, maybe things like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so also just keeping that in mind that there are a lot of things to consider, universities in different countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had one more point, and I think, um, Dennis, you gave a really good story in your episode when you're applying for uni. Mm-hmm. The point is approachability of faculty, mm-hmm. and that's actually a point my cousin gave me. Yeah. Shout out, cousin Yamai. Um, <laughs> I remember your story about those one professor who really helped yeah. you yeah. as you were going yeah. to uni. Yeah. Yeah. So. If you, I don't know how you can find out, but if there's a way you can connect with, you know, some faculty members just to see, just to see the vibe that you get from them. That would That's really go a long, long way. Yeah. That would go yeah. such a long way for sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I had a lecturer who was so nice. He was from Ghana, originally from Ghana, but lived in the UK for years. Um, he was called Michael Evans, and he was so nice and just so approachable. I remember after class, I'll just walk with him to his office, just chatting. He'd ask me, "How are you? How's life? How's everything?" And then I drop him at his office. And I'm like, "Okay, so bye. I'm heading home now." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's important to find those like that. And I don't know if I like related to him or found him more approachable because he was black and from. Africa and he still had the accent despite mm-hmm. being in the UK but it doesn't matter what makes you relate to somebody as long as there's somebody you relate to exactly that's really yeah. true yeah it makes it makes a massive difference it does that mm-hmm. connectivity yeah. yeah um I actually had one more point I forgot mm-hmm. to say is that sometimes you're going to study a course in the UK or in a specific country I think yeah we have talked about the UK a lot but in a specific uh-huh. country that maybe that industry isn't big in that country. Mm. And so we've talked about, you know, in previous episodes, I think quite a lot of us have taken um, a year out in industry. And sometimes uh-huh. you can do a year abroad. And so one of our good friends, Cynthia, she ended up doing like, I think, a year in the States. Um, and I think that was really good exposure for her. And like sometimes I know other people have done like, you know, like a year in Hong Kong or something. And sometimes that year out that you take, obviously financially, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. But sometimes it doesn't actually count towards your degree. 
And so it's just a year to sort of like go and have fun. So maybe, for example, you really dreamed of studying in the States, but you didn't sit, you didn't pass like the SATs or whatever exams you needed to or financial things happen. It was easier for you mm-hmm. to go to the UK or a different country, but you can potentially look into doing like a year in that country instead. Mm. And what you can do during that year is build relationships, build your network. And therefore, after university, you can find a job, you can do a master's in that country or something like that. So Mm-hmm. and vice versa maybe you're in the states and for some reason you know you could be a kenyan in the states listening to this podcast you want to go study in the uk it's not a possibility because obviously it's cheaper mm-hmm. to be in the states you can probably do because there are lots of exchange programs around the world these days yeah so i think it's just looking into that of spreading your wings as well beyond um beyond your university beyond that country beyond that community and putting yourself mm-hmm. out there yeah yeah and what I'll add to that is like even when I was looking for placements, I was so set on getting a placement in the UK because my plan was when I graduate, I'll get a job in the UK, I'll even move to the UK, I'll become a citizen of the UK. And then obviously, <laughs> reality hit me and I was like, let's think about this, Kazali. <laughs> so when I had to do my, or I got the opportunity to do my placement in Kenya, I realized that this was actually a blessing in disguise because mm-hmm. if I would not get a job after uni in the UK, at least have some experience um, of the events market in Kenya. And so at least I have an idea of what to come back to as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And shameless plug, all of these questions can be answered by UNICEF. (laughs) 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 Yes, yes. 100%. Yeah. Um they're yeah, so helpful. They really, really are, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I think um I haven't been there for a while, probably make a visit when I come home, but I think yeah. they've grown beautifully. I think they can offer you mm-hmm. so so much. Yeah. On my interview with Vaidehi, which would have probably released before this, she was talking about how I think it was her. I think she was talking about how she was able to be connected with someone who went to University of Sheffield through UNICEF. And wow. so they were able to, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's, I'm not too sure it's an actual service that they provide. If you're listening to UNICEF, maybe it should be. But <laughs> I think it was very, very helpful in her coming to the decision because her parents were worried. She was worried. And so obviously yeah. that's not always a possibility. But again, just make use of Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. If you want to go to some of the universities, Portsmouth, Salford, Kings, Newcastle, you know, message us guys. Message the yeah. people that you've heard yeah. on this podcast who have been in similar industry. And that's what this podcast is about is about connecting you with people who otherwise you wouldn't mm-hmm. have met and heard their stories to get the information Absolutely. but yeah i hope you guys have enjoyed this episode we really we're really enjoying this hosted episode it's like know, it's right? a friday it's, it's, it's a yeah. friday it's afternoon guys yeah. like yeah. we're not out in the clubs you know <laughs> yeah. <like> tomorrow. <laughs> it's nice because we can bring you conversations that otherwise would have been difficult to bring because of our busy schedule so yeah. we hope you enjoy them um, through this um, new season we're also um, integrating our voice note feature as well so yeah just send in your voice notes you know you find the link in the description box you know let us know what you learned um, and what you'd like to hear and sort of just like your reflections and yeah we will definitely be listening to those and getting back to you but um, leave a review share on Instagram share with your family share with people you love and care about and yeah I can't wait to catch you in the next one it was amazing being here definitely yeah, see you guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the Kenyans Experience. If you found this episode inspiring or even helpful, then please do us a solid 
and share it with close friends or family or even just share it to the world. We appreciate you. Hit us up. Check out that new feature, the voice notes. Let us know what you think about this episode. We'd love to hear back from you.